that sums up everything that we've been talking about the last few weeks. For the last few Wednesdays, we've been doing this study on works. We've been talking about what the biblical definition of works looks like. And we talk about how it's not works to get you saved, it's not works to pat yourself on the back, but it's because of what Jesus Christ has done, how he has changed the internal, that we want to change the external. He has saved us, he has redeemed us, and so Lord, I want to go there to serve you and love you in whatever capacity and whatever way I can. And that's what we're talking about here with this idea of works. So we talk about being saved by grace, being saved by faith, making sure you know that it's not a view in any whatsoever. Those are talking about specific examples. Widows, orphans, sick, prisoners, fasting, the poor, etc. We took those specific examples and said, okay, now pray those into your life. What does that look like for you? Then we talked about what it means to be called. And last week specifically we talked about this. And I remember I said, it's not a push to say I want you to do more. It may be something we're saying I actually want you to do less. Because sometimes you may be doing things you're not called to do. You may be doing things because you feel like we should. You may be doing things because people have pushed or pressured you into it. No, you do it because the Lord's called you to do it. You let go of all expectations of the world. You do not allow the expectations of the world to control anything you do. You say, I'm a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. And Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's what we've been talking about here. So I think tonight, as we finish this up, there's one last point to say about this. And it's found in Romans 1, verse 1. That's all about getting your ears pierced. So, with that being said, Romans 1, verse 1, Paul, bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated from the gospel of God. That verse says everything you need to know. That's all we need to talk about. Bond servant of Jesus Christ. Depending on your translation, some viewers may say a servant of Jesus Christ. Some translations will come right out and say it, a slave. Jesus Christ. Now you need to know the background of this a little bit. Keep your hand here in Romans 1, if you don't mind, and go to Exodus 21. We need to talk about this term, bond servant, slave servant. It's fascinating. This is what Paul wanted to call himself. And not only Paul, but this is the same word that James uses, Peter uses, Jude uses, to describe themselves. So if they would come up to them and say, what are you? I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave. I'm a servant. In the Greek, I'm a doulos. What is that? Well, Exodus 21. Let's take a look at this and see. Verse 1. Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years, and the seventh he shall go out free and pay nothing. First thing you need to understand about slavery in the Bible, according to the Bible, really wasn't slavery per se, but more of an indentured type of servant. You would serve six years, you're free the seventh year. So what would happen next? Verse 3, if he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. His master has given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters. The wife and her children shall be your masters. And he shall go out by himself. But here it is, verse 5. If the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. He is set free. He is set free. Maybe during this time of servanthood that he has gotten a wife, that had kids, so he's set free. This isn't by honey, I'll see you later. I can go free, but I don't. I choose not to because why? Verse 5, I love my master. 
This is not forced upon. This is not pushed upon. This is not a have to. This is I willfully choose. I love my master. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He also shall bring him to the door, toward the doorpost. Then his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So imagine this. After six years, you're now set free. But you love your master. You love your master so much you say, I, I no longer want to just be a slave. I want to willfully serve you. So they take you over to the doorpost, take it all, put a hole in your ear, put an earring in it, and say that you are now a bond servant. You're not a slave by force, slave by circumstance. You are a slave by choice. So when they would see that, see that earring, they would stop and say, this guy wants to be doesn't have to be here. He wants to be here. What a reflection on the master. What a reflection on the relationship between the master and the servant slash slave. So when Paul says that I am a bond servant, and that's the same thing that James says and Peter says and Jude says, it's saying I have willfully chosen my life to put aside my freedoms and choose to serve Jesus Christ. What does this have to do with what we've been talking about the last few weeks? You have to make a choice of whether that's how you want to live your life or not. There's this lie that goes around society that we talk about being a slave to no one and I'm free to do whatever I want. The Bible says that's a bunch of You need to choose to be a servant slave of Christ or you're a servant slave to sin. But there is no in-between. The people that are usually enslaved to sin are the ones that are so blind that they don't even realize they're enslaved to sin. Talk to somebody who's ever struggled with a drug addiction. At the moment, they don't realize they're enslaved to sin. They sure are. And it's not just that. You can fill in the blank with anything. They become enslaved to it. Oh, they think they're free. They think they're making choices on their own, but they're not. They're enslaved to the world. I've seen people enslaved to paychecks. I've seen people enslaved to entertainment. I've seen people enslaved to their family. No. You have to choose to be enslaved to Jesus Christ. That's what a bond servant is. So when you see Paul call himself a bond servant, he says, I want you to know right from the beginning, I have willfully chosen to let go of all rights and privileges in my life and decided to serve Jesus Christ. Now back in Exodus, that would be represented by a hole in your ear with an earring. They would see you and know that out of love, you've chosen to serve your master. Paul says, I want you to know this. This is what I've done. Now, once I have chosen this path, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, that's the next one, called. Now you can figure out what your calling is. See, last week we talked about knowing your calling. The only way you can know your calling is when you're willing to give your life completely over to Christ. Most of you here tonight have been raised in the church, you've been raised in a family that confesses Christ and confesses God. But if you really ever stop and said, Lord, it's all you. I willfully choose to give my life completely over to you and all that I say. You may give a lot of it over to him. You may give the vast majority over to him. The Lord is simply asking for one thing. He just wants everything. And when you stop and give him everything, and you're willing to say, Lord, put my ear up against the doorpost, put an earring in it, I am yours. All of a sudden you can figure this out. Now I know what it is. I'm called. And not only called, I'm separated. Separate, set apart some of your translations. I'm no longer part of this world. That means I don't get all the jokes. I've come to this conclusion. I've been called lame so many times recently. I've been called weird. You don't get it. 
What don't I get? I don't get the reference to the entertainment. I don't get the references to the joke. I'm not up on that music. I'm not up on that show. I get it. I'm not trying to make myself sound so super holy here. I just, I don't get it. I'm separated from it. And that's been hard for me. It's really hard for me because the way my life used to work is this. First thing I do when I get up in the morning is what? You've heard me teach enough. That's the first thing I do. Put my glasses on. That's the first thing I do. I love Jesus, but I got to see. So I put my glasses on. Next thing I do is I read my devotion. Now, you know what I used to do? I had to check the headlines. The world may have ended overnight, and I need to know what's going on. And then I had to check politics. I had to. And I had to check sports scores. I had to check all these things. And so I got up in the morning, Jesus, I love you. I look, I did my five-minute devotional, Lord. And then I spent the next whatever time making sure the world was still completely utterly falling apart in the now, I'm saying this for me. I'm not saying this for you. Because what happens on these type of teachings, people go, well, James does this. But you know what? I could be completely wrong. I just point out, it's like, I don't even do that. I still check the Braves. God love them. But I still, you know, there's so much war out there. You know what? Man, I just don't even know about it. I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I know the world's falling apart. But you know, why am I spending so much time doing that? I just want to separate myself from the world. I just want to live out here and represent Jesus Christ and all that I say and do. And so sometimes I'm not up on the most important stuff. Sometimes I didn't hear about that. Sometimes I don't get that. Sometimes I'm not used to that reference. I don't know what it is. So I just want to separate myself to the gospel of God and say, Lord, that is my focus. Now, for some of you, you're there. Amen. You put the all through your ear. You've got the spiritual earring in. Some of you, yeah, I love the Lord. Is he number one in all you do and say? Well, I mean, I love him. Have you stopped and truly sacrificed and said, Lord, I am a bondservant of yours following you? Not because I have to, but as it says in Exodus 21, out of love. You've heard me say this before. You do not have to pray. You do not have to share your faith. You do not have to do devotions. You don't even have to show up to church. You do it because you choose to. Out of love. Now, the world has enough middle-of-the-road, mediocre Christians. We don't need any more of those. But we need is on fire people that love Jesus Christ with everything in all their heart, and they're willing to separate themselves to God. They're willing to put all through the ear. They're willing to wear the ear ring. They're willing to say it's going to be different. I'm going to be weird. I get it. And I'm okay with that. If that's what you want, if that's what you're called to do, then you start to get it. If you want to ride the fence and keep one hand in church, or I should say one foot in church, one foot in the world, man, there's going to get a whole bunch of splinters. Go with me to John 15, please. John 15. John 15. Because this relationship we have with the Lord, being the bond servant, being the slave, Makes it sound so harsh. No, Exodus 21, we do this out of love. See, Jesus talks about this. Look at John 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Choose to walk in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Do you, you want to follow me? Then do what I say. That's part of being the servant. Do what I say. It always bugs me when I have a believer come up and say, well, I know what the Bible says, but I don't care. I don't know what the Lord's leading me to do, but I don't care. Oh my goodness, do you realize what you're saying? 
I realized that the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, who is much more intelligent than me, that holds my very life in his hands, he is said to do this, but I don't care. Now, you may not say those words verbally, but subconsciously, I know what he wants me to do, but I don't care. He wants us to love him enough to obey, because look at this, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You know where joy comes from? Joy comes from obedience. Because when you're where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, there's a joy. Now, the world may be falling apart around you, but there's still a supernatural joy. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Wouldn't it be amazing if you would think of the first thing people would think of you is love. Love. Hey, what do you think of that guy? He's pretty loving. I know it sounds kind of creepy, but you know what I mean? He's pretty loving. I was with Shane uh, the other day, and we were looking at stuff, um, getting ready for classes, and they had all the uh, yearbooks out. They had all the yearbooks out with everything that was going on. And so he wanted to go back and take a look at the yearbook that I had of when um, I graduated. I don't know who that is. That's you? Okay, that's one picture. Well, okay. That's fine. I thought, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure we didn't install that in the church. And most of the time I let screen go, but I thought, I probably need to double check that one just to make sure. Anyways. Where he wanted to look at the old yearbook, so he found the yearbook of when I graduated. He thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And so he looked at me, and he looked at the one thing, and the one thing said this, and I just want to share this with you real quick. As, as a senior, I was voted uh, nicest senior. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I still rest my laurels on that. And I said, Shane, you know why I survived and voted nicest senior? He goes, why? I said, because I got saved as a junior, and my perspective changed. And all of a sudden, I got saved as a junior. My focus started being, when I show up to school, how can I minister and represent Christ to others? And so my whole focus my senior year was just really, I want to represent Jesus Christ. And so my point is this. Wouldn't it be great if your whole focus said, you know what? Jesus just told me right here in verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That the only thing I care about from this point forward is what people think of me when it comes to Jesus Christ. Now that means you have to change what you think. And as you change what you think, yes, and change what you act. But you are a willful servant to this. Because look what he says, verse 13. Greater love is no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I believe in you. See, I willfully make myself a servant, and Jesus says, no, you're Lord, I give you my life. I give you everything. I just want to represent your love. I am your bondservant, your slave. And what is the response of Christ? The response of Christ is, no, you're my friend. Because my friend wants to do what I do. Obedience, joy, servant to friend. Did you stop? Can you go through Psalm 40? Any quick questions, comments here real quick? Brian, Brian. An awl. Is that like a uh, what we would call an awl now is a piece of metal with a point on the end, sharp enough that you could put it right through here. Anybody else have anything before you go on? What about? Do this like a nice stick, yeah. Just that. It is. Just a metal piece of metal with a little sharp thing on the end. So. 
Psalm 40 is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible. Starting in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. He established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see the fear and will trust in the Lord. What a great start right there that is. Look at what the Lord has done for me. He's saved me. He's changed my life. Verse 4. Now it switches. Look what God has done for me. Now look what he can do for others. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And does not respect the proud, nor does such turn aside the wise. You put God first. You don't care what other people think. Now listen, this, this is where it gets hard. You don't care what other people think. You don't. You, you just don't anymore because you just stop and you think of Jesus Christ. That's all you think about. You know how hard it is not to think about what other people think? I, I'll share one quick story back from after I got saved in high school. Typical high school guys. All they talk about are girls inappropriately, and it's awful. So after I got saved, quit talking about that. So I can remember distinctly one time walking through the library. There's a couple guys from high school, and I walked by. They looked at me, and they whispered at her, and said, you know what? He's gay. I remember them saying that about me. Now, route up the flesh, you know? I wanted to go back. I wanted to say something. I remember stopping and thinking, no, don't. Don't go down to that level. If that's what they think, because you're going to be the guy that doesn't go down that path and say stuff, then Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just want to represent you. Because you no longer care what anybody else thinks. As life goes on, listen, if I'm going to be a God pleaser, then I can't let man dictate what I do. I stuck my ear against the wall. I have a piece of metal stuck through it. I got an earring now. Lord, I have ears. Why do I even care what anybody else thinks? I'm a boxer. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the problem, such as turn aside lies. Many, O oh Lord, my God, are your wondrous works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I could declare and speak of them, they are more than to be numbered. Now, here's our tie-in verse. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. Stop right there. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. This is a repeated theme in the book of Psalms. And when you really study it out, it's almost unbiblical. Because God does desire sacrifice and offerings. But yet, the people that get it, People that get it, like David and Malachi, they come and say, Lord, you really don't want a bunch of dead animals. You want my heart. So you look at verse 6. Sacrifice and offering that desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you do not require. My ears you have opened is a reference to becoming a bond servant. See, what he's saying is, listen, you don't want the dead animals I bring to you. You don't want the burnt offerings. You want my ear." Because by giving you my ear, I'm giving you everything. So just let me make this pretty simple. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Lord doesn't want your marked up Bible. He doesn't want your service in the back on a Wednesday or Sunday. He doesn't want you sacrificing this time for prayer, this time for whatever. He just wants your ear. Because when he has your ear, he has your heart. And when he has your heart, you got it. You're the body. If you really want to give everything over to Christ, simple, give up your ear. And I want to be the bond servant more you have everything out of my life. That's what it means to be called, and that's what it means to give everything over to Him. And what we have to do tonight is stop and say, Is that what we need to do? Because you can walk out here tonight and just go back and do everything normal. School's starting up for most of you that hasn't started up. You can just go in and say, I'm just going to do school. No, or you can go in and say, Lord, I'm going to represent Jesus Christ. 
You can go into work tonight or tomorrow and do the same thing, or you can say, Lord, I'm going to represent Jesus Christ. All that same. Lord, I've given you my ear. That's what you've asked for. That is what it means to be called bondservant, follower of the Lord. And that's what we want, and that's what we do. And any final questions, comments here before I close up? Let's do this. We're going to let you guys out a little early here. I know the weather's kind of funky around us. Let's pray, and we'll let you guys go here. Lord, as we come to you now in the name of Jesus, we just want to pray that you just keep everybody safe here. And Lord, spiritually speaking, help us to keep our heart, mind, and soul focused on you and what you want to say. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being God, our salvation, in your name. Amen. Safe travels if you travel home, and uh, keep everything in prayer. We'll see you guys hopefully next week.